Welcome to Eco Living, a podcast about ways to reduce your impact on the earth, from cutting your greenhouse gas emissions to minimizing land and water use. I'm Adam Weiss. Eco Living is a co-production of Narara Eco Village and the Narara Eco Living Network, and is based at our demonstration eco village outside of Sydney, Australia. Today, I've got Alexander Tahiti on the phone with me to talk about 3D printing buildings out of natural materials. Alex is a computational design researcher at the University of New South Wales, an electrical engineer, a computer scientist, and an architect. That certainly sounds like the perfect background for someone 3D printing buildings. So Alex, welcome to Eco Living. Thank you so much, Adam. It's a privilege to be here talking with the audience of this podcast. So I know somebody with a 3D printer. I've used them. I've seen them. They usually make really small things. You're talking about building houses or even things that are bigger than houses with 3D printing, right? Correct. We are essentially doing research on one-to-one scale objects and real-world residential constructions. I've heard of 3D printing buildings in concrete, but you're using a more sustainable natural method, right? You're actually 3D printing buildings out of earth, out of soil, right? Correct. Um, the reason behind that is because you will know concrete is not a very uh, sustainable material. It's estimated that about 8% of total global carbon emission is associated with concrete. So if we can just replace that material, of course, there it has like you know advantages and disadvantages, but um, we would be much better off reducing total carbon emission caused by human activity. And from an embodied energy perspective of how much it does take to make this stuff, how much better is the 3D printing using earth than concrete? Well, the idea is uh, using local materials. So um, firstly, we'll save a lot of carbon on delivering the material to the site. So that's one thing. For those who don't know, concrete, um, the process of making concrete, they have to dig the stone, smash it, heat it up. And this process has to repeat it three times using fossil fuel. So uh, you could imagine it's quite heavy producing concrete. In the last hundred years, like we've been developing all this like, concrete buildings, relatively unsustainable material use. And um, even the, in terms of the durability of the materials, we're expecting like, I don't know, 100 or 150 years expect life expectancy from concrete structure. And you could still find all around the world structures that have been um, habitant for thousands of years that are still standing. And um, so in terms of the durability, I think it's a big advantage as well. That's why my focus been on using earth material specifically to meet sustainable architecture. And I know that building buildings out of earth, out of mud brick, out of other materials has a lot of advantages. Are you able to kind of get those same advantages with 3D printing or is it a little bit of a different construction? That's a very interesting question. Um, Throughout history, we always used earth materials. In fact, it's estimated that about 2 billion people at this time are living in the habitat made by earth materials. So it is still widely used. And they say if something being relevant once, it's always relevant. So meaning I can see why we shouldn't be able to do that using all of this advanced technology and computing and 3D printing processes. Does it have any advantages or disadvantages over historical usage of earth material? We can do quite precise material deposition, which essentially will allow us to build much lighter structure, which are still functional, and even bring biomimicry principles that you can find in nature 
into the architecture of the um, buildings using earth material. There were a lot of interesting concepts in there, but I do want to ask just about the actual 3D printing technique. You're talking about a nozzle and using clay. Is this essentially like the small home 3D printers that squirt a little bit of plastic out in a pattern, except you're making it on a larger scale and it's squirting out clay? Exactly. Like um, the actual technology for 3D printing is not that complex, you know, I should say. it's uh, It works with exactly the same a technique, as you mentioned, deposit of material layer by layer on top of each other, where it's needed to be, and then let it dry, and then the entire structure become one solid piece. I'd like to take a minute and talk about how you got into this, because you're an electrical engineer, you're a computer scientist, you're an architect. This sounds like the perfect combination of those things. What got you into this? What was your journey like to get here? <laughs> so, well, um, I always say that um, I am where I am by accident. It's really interesting because um, I'm originally from Iran, living in Australia for 20 years. I studied my electrical engineering in Iran and then came here to Australia and then started my journey into um, digitalization and construction as a drafter, working for a structural company who did potentially cabling for concrete. I did that for a couple of years and then more than a couple of years, like five years. And then at the meantime, like I started writing macros within the AutoCAD being the main program that I was using back then, macros and plugin for AutoCAD. And then started developing my knowledge in computer science, reached the point that I like, God, I need to know more if I really want to develop something within this um, platform. Specifically back then, like this is about 15 years ago, perhaps, I was talking um, AutoCAD. And then, well, I started um, studying computer science at the same time, working as a drafter. So like I always, when I studied my computer science, I was always looking into how I can improve the processes, existing processes back then. After a while, there was the introduction of 3D modeling into construction. The main platform used was Revit back then. And then the still same journey, writing plugin for um, Revit. And as you know, construction is the most wasteful industry in the world. <laughs> and because of the sheer magnitude of the industry, there are so many different parties involved that they don't collaborate. So construction ranks second bottom, just above the agriculture in use of um, technology. Second worst. <laughs> so just sitting above agriculture. So it's, it's a disaster when you go and work in a construction industry, you realize that architects design their own models and there, there's a lot of redundant data getting produced. What fascinated me like the most was um, I started advocating for the uh, data interchangeability um, between the discipline in construction. Like I always, uh, it was always bugging me that like why architects and structural engineers are not working off the same model? Why everyone has to produce their own model? Why the construction industry is so fragmented? And I um, tried and work on really big projects like um, infrastructure projects, Sydney Metro, West Connect, and all of this, and trying to, you know, as a digital engineer, trying to connect different parties in there and stuff. And it's just a disaster, like everyone doing their own work and stuff. And then got to the point that I realized that, well, the true meaning of digitalization would be something that if you can design something and then directly built out of your digital model, so in that way, you would eliminate all the needs for, of course, there's a lot longer process to evaluate, analyze the model that you have built. But once you have 
the compare model and once you have run all the uh, simulation on your model then you could directly link it to 3d printing and it will eliminate all this like you know inefficiency that we're talking so and me being always concerned about sustainability i just like decided that well this is where i want to go and i'm i'm I think I've had fun the cause of my life. So, so 3D printing clay, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I got into this. So from a practical point of view, what do these buildings look like? What do they feel like? And when you're talking about 3D printing out of you know, hard, opaque materials like clay and earth and sand, I assume that you can still put windows and doors and, and those kind of things in this. What, what are the buildings like when they're finished? I personally, in my research, trying to move away from conventional rectangular kind of cube shape. Not that we cannot make them with 3D printing. I just like like free forms myself. Like, you know, in nature, that's how things work. Back to creating openings for windows and doors. Since like if you imagine then when you want to create a door, let's um, talk a rectangular door, there is no problem to print both sides of the door and come up. But like the problem would be the layer that sits right at the top of the door so some people use a piece of timber and then they print it on top of that then um, later they can remove the wood and the clay stain itself or alternatively you could um, since you're printing layer by layer depositing on top of each other you could project out slightly from the layer below what happens there is like you could create essentially arc shape opening and then for the layers to gradually get closer to each other till they kind of reach at the top and the arcing effect kick in like historically you look at a lot of buildings have arch and we know why and are you printing the entire building at once or doing it in pieces there is a lot of different techniques that can be used which will determine the outcome of the design you might use a smaller 3d printing machine or robotic arms to print components and then maybe fire the components, make ceramics and connect the uh, ceramics together. So that's one way to go. Or you might think, what if we built everything in one go using clay? Well, that's also possible. It wouldn't be possible as much with robotic arm. You would need Cartesian kind of bigger printer for, uh, for it to happen. For listeners who aren't familiar with this technology, can you explain what a Cartesian printer is? Cartesian printers are essentially a bigger version of the printer that um, everyone has in their house. There is an X and Y plane and a nozzle that moves along that XY plane. Um, and also the nozzle um, being the place that material um, exited the printer could elevate um, in a Z direction, in a Z direction. So essentially you can cover a cube shape area um, at, the, at the current time that we are talking, you could find printers that are 10 meter by 10 meter and um, 3 meter height. So essentially a rectangle 10 meter by 10 meter that has 3 meter height. So you could print objects to that scales. So when you're talking about buildings, you could build a 100 square meter house in one go with one of these printers. Exactly. Yes. So from an architectural point of view, it sounds like just like a 3D printer can be used to make machine parts or, or art that isn't really possible to make using more traditional manufacturing techniques. Can you make houses and, and other buildings that are more visually interesting or more high tech, even if they are made out of clay? Of course. Um, you could see 
recently there have been uh, some work in Italy and Spain and all other countries. Still, I should mention these are in very early stage of development, but I believe, yes, like all of those things are possible to do so. So talking about the the differences, you said that you could make a much lighter weight building than, say, making something out of mud bricks. Does that affect the thermal properties? Are you still getting the advantages of having you know, a clay wall using the 3D printed wall? That's very interesting because, in fact, um, I think we might be able to improve the thermal property of the structure by using less material. Let me explain what I mean by this. So as we were talking previously, like biomimicry, you could see termites nests. They made their houses out of clay. Of course, their biology is differ, um, different with um, human biology, but what they do uh, and um, research like confirmed this, um, they ended up um, like termites create channels, air channels through the structure. And then uh, what they do, they're using Venturi effect, like when the air get hot, expand, um, the hot air pushed out from the top of the structure and the cold air enters in the structure. So when you measure the temperature within the termite nest, it's, um, it's constant always, irrelevant of if it is in the direct sun or it is in the shade or whatnot. So like you could see nature already has this stuff. Of course, when we're talking building habitats that way for humans to settle in, but we could essentially adopt those uh, mechanism and inform the 3D printing process to deposit materials where they are. So for example, you could design channels on the outer face of the building that when the sun hit the building, neck, the adjust an air inside the channel, get hot and expand it, and it will cool down the structure. So this is very interesting like because we could build very precisely mathematically driven geometry, which we were not able to do prior the existence of 3D printing and robotic technologies. That sounds like it could really reduce energy use. And I'm guessing 3D printing has some huge waste reduction advantages as well. I know there are truckloads and truckloads of waste that come out of building a standard wood-framed house on site. So how does 3D printing using locally sourced clay compare to standard construction waste-wise? Oh, well, like, you know, first of all, like you use a lot less material. <laughs> just, just you know, and the material is not carbon intensive. When when I say clay, let's let's clarify something. Like the material could differ. Like it could be a cup, it could be an adobe, it could be sand, it could be mixture of materials. Like in fact, it hasn't been done so far. But like nothing really stops us from having a three D printing system that can switch even materials and use materials like you say with high tension where it's needed and higher compression when it's needed. What about the cost? I mean, is it, it sounds like you're making this out of inexpensive materials. Does that mean that the actual production of a building can be less expensive or maybe could be in the future? I assume that the technology is still pretty new at the moment. <laughs> it's a very interesting question you ask, and it's very close to my heart um, because I essentially think if the technology is adopted um, widely within the industry, you could essentially print houses. Uh, it might not be the case at this given time, but you could print houses in a fraction of the cost using sustainable materials. And for me, the big dream is in the future, hopefully this knowledge can develop further. I can't see why there, um, there shouldn't be houses built out of clay for places that um, people have difficulties finding shelters. Like you say, refugee camps, you say, 
and whatnot. Like because the technology is relatively fast to print a house, and materials is relatively inexpensive. I think it has a huge, huge potential there. So finger crossed. Well, it certainly sounds like we're at the very beginning of this technology, and I'm glad you were able to join us today to talk about where it could go in the future. We actually have a small section of 3D printed wall on display here at Narara Eco Village, and that was produced in collaboration with your team at UNSW. So certainly, if any of you listening ever visit the Eco Village for an open day or anything else, check it out. Alex, thanks so much for working with the village on that and for joining me today to tell us about where this technology could be going. Sure, it's, it was a privilege to um, talk to you, Adam. And thanks to all of you listeners for being here too. To learn more about the conversation you just joined us for, visit our Eco Living Podcast website at ecolivingpodcast.com. If you want to learn about Narara Eco Village and Eco Village Living, visit nararaecovillage.com. That's N-A-R-A-R-A ecovillage.com. And finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our feed to get all of our episodes for free. And feel free to send the link or the audio file to anyone who you think might enjoy it or learn something from it. Hopefully both. We have all of the links you need to subscribe to or share the show on the website. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiss.